the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Good Hello. Morning. Good morning. How yes. are you? Doing great. Good. Yes. Hey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. We should pray, Damian. What I think say? that's a good okay. idea. Yes. Okay. We're all just looking at each other. Since this is the exaltation <laughs> of the Holy Cross... Today is the feast day of the cross, so let's do that in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, through your suffering, the cross grant me the strength to bear my cross without fear or dread, and give me the grace that I may follow you each and every day. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about the exaltation of the Holy Cross later on in today's show, but we wanted to apologize for the inconvenience of our lack of streaming today on YouTube, our website, and Facebook. We are currently working on it. So if you uh, you can, well, if you're not listening, then you don't know, but you can always turn into the radio or our free app and catch us on the go on your mobile device. So we'll, we are working on that currently. But we have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. All of these events can be found at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Claire Gallagher joins us. She is a consecrated virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans and project manager of a program called Flourishing Sisterhood, where they talk about the purpose to strengthen sisterhood in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. It's more like a project, not so much a program, but I'm looking forward to hearing more from Claire today. And in 35 minutes, Deacon Larry Oni joins us. He's a founder of Hope and Purpose Ministries and Deacon at Divine Mercy Parish in Kenner. And today we are talking about the Charismatic Eucharistic Revival Conference. Looking forward to speaking to Deacon Oni today. And in 48 minutes, Father Greg Barris joins us he is a retired priest in the Diocese of Biloxi, and today we are talking about the Loaves and Fishes Soup Kitchen in Biloxi along the Gulf Coast. So looking forward to today's show mm-hmm. with some wonderful guests. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. What do you have well, for us? I believe that the uh, our prayers were answered for oh. sure because uh, basically we're back into the typical summertime weather pattern that we've come to expect, not always mm. enjoy, but it sure is a lot better than the heat wave that we experienced it's for amazing. five weeks. We're saying we're down to the 90s. Yes. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That back back to where it used to be. Right. So right. Uh, that's the good thing. Seasonal summertime weather is back. Afternoon showers are back as well. And we should see one maybe this afternoon, about a 30% chance of rain in the area. Some of us got rain yesterday as well. Nice little afternoon mm-hmm. shower to cool things off. Tomorrow, about the same. Only a 20% chance of a shower. 
Winds out of the north right now at 5 to 10. That's keeping things a little more bearable as well. Quick look at the weekend. Temperatures will be in the low 90s. Slight chance of rain in the afternoon. Nothing to hold up your uh, activities outdoors, though, so keep those on your agenda. Temperatures in and around the area right now. Covington at 74, over in uh, Home at Thibodeau at 73. Gulfport reporting 75 degrees. Baton Rouge, the capital city of our state, it's 73. And in the Crescent City, they're already up to 80 degrees. Wow. But again, it'll only go to the mid uh, low to uh, 90s, I should say. Nice. So it, it's only going to warm up another 10 to 12 degrees in New Orleans. So um, those are your temps. We have your gospel and reflection coming up in just a moment. And some events we want to share with you as we approach the weekend. It is already five after the hour on this Thursday morning on Wake Up. blessed feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. I'm Father Chris, and today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In today's gospel, we are presented with the first of three occasions when Jesus refers to his death on the cross as being lifted up. The Greek verb that is translated as lifted up has a twofold meaning. This is characteristic of St. John's writings. Hypso can mean to lift up in a literal sense, as Jesus will be physically lifted up from the ground on the cross, but it can also mean lifted up in the sense of exalt. Clearly, both meanings apply here. Jesus will be lifted up ignominiously from the ground when nailed to the cross, but it will also be the moment of his exaltation when, amid his terrible agony, he preeminently reveals God's great love for us. And thus, like the title, Lamb of God, used by John the Baptist, the mention here of lifted up alludes to the fulfillment of the servant-suffering prophecy of Isaiah. For in the Greek text of that passage, the Lord says that a servant will be lifted high using the very same Greek verb, and then it adds, and will be exceedingly glorified. Furthermore, the passage adds that the same servant, like a lamb led to the slaughter, took away the sins of many. And thus John is already preparing us to understand that the Son of Man who will be lifted up on the cross is also the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus unfolds the mystery of the cross by referring to the bronze serpent raised by Moses in the wilderness. In that instant, the Israelites were afflicted with fiery serpents as a result of their rebellion against God. When the stricken people gazed at the bronze serpent, the symbol that portrayed the effects of their sin, then they were healed. When we gaze in faith and love at the ultimate effect of human sin, 
our crucified Lord, we are healed from spiritual death and are given the gift of eternal life. No one loves like God loves. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sakers. Ten after the hour, and it's Thursday morning. Happy Thursday to each and every one of you. Some events we want to share with you. The ninth annual St. Jude Catholic Church Fishing Rodeo is coming up October 6th and 7th. It's going to be held in Empire, Louisiana. For those of you who fish, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Registration, as I said, is open right now. If you want to receive a shirt that comes with your registration fee, you have to sign up by Sunday. And registration's only $75. After Sunday, you'll be paying 100 bucks, and there's no guarantee you're going to get a shirt to go with your fishing trip. Hmm. So, uh, two-day event, Friday, October 6th. Fishing begins at 5.30 in the morning. Weigh-in is going to be from 4 to 6. And then dinner follows. And then on Saturday, again, fishing begins at 5.30 in the morning. You'll have the weigh-in between 4 and 6. And uh, at 6 o'clock, they'll have the award ceremony. The raffle board will take place at that time, and you'll do that while you eat dinner. Hopefully, you'll be able to sign up, support a great cause. Proceeds go to the St. Jude Catholic Church Athletic Fund. I love fishing. Fishing tournaments. Yeah. I love them. I love them. Good. You got a chance to sign up. I might get a shirt, too. Uh, St. Anselm. Anselm. Golf Classic will be November 6th at Beauchamp Country Club in Mandeville, and this will be a four-person scramble with an 11 a.m. shotgun start. Uh, 125 a person includes green fees, lunch, drinks, and dinner. And the St. Anselm, you know, I don't know why I have trouble with that word, Anselm Family Fun Day is going to be October 29th from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., beginning that day with mass, followed by family fun and fellowship, and there will be food, games, and bouncy blow-ups for the kids. Bouncy blow-ups, Damien. Mm -hmm. St. Anselm is located on St. Mary Street in Madisonville. So for more information, go to ccmedia.live. They got a lot going on. They do. Active parish. They do. Well, Born to Run in Baton Rouge will be November 4th, beginning at Town Square on North Boulevard in downtown Baton Rouge. There will be a 5K and half-mile fun run. All proceeds benefit the Woman's New Life Clinic. You can get details at ccmedia.live. Also, the Community of Jesus Crucified is hosting a Come and See Discernment program September 25th and 26th. Young women between the ages of 19 and 36 are invited to learn more about the community of Jesus Crucified Sister Servants. You must register in order to attend. You can go to ccmedia.live for details. You know, RetroVI is a lifeline for married couples, and it's a three-phase program that helps married couples who are struggling, beginning with a weekend retreat experience. And that weekend is this weekend. It's going to begin tomorrow through Sunday, and it's here in Baton Rouge. If you want more information, go to helpourmarriage.org or ccmedia.live for more info. Highly recommend it if you're struggling in your marriage. I do know po- folks who have gone through that, and it is a good, good experience for I'm them. I'm one of it, them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Locus Benedictus. Retreat Ministries will hold a Franciscan retreat next Saturday, September 16th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Retreat Center located on Levy Road in Greenwood, Mississippi. <clears throat> Excuse me. The retreat will be presented by Father Joachim Kim Studwell 
and is open to the public, and there is no fee. Ooh, that's nice. It's free. Oh, for more information, that go to ccmedia.live. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Our Lady of Mercy Church in Baton Rouge will be having their Mercy Classic Tennis and Pickleball Tournament next week, September 15th through the 17th at Bocage Racket Club. To sign up, you can go to ccmedia.live. That's actually tomorrow through Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, last man, but not I'm least, my days all mixed up. Yeah, going. come Monday, our own Jimmy Sagers. He's going to be back on the speaking tour. He'll be at St. Peter Catholic Church at seven o'clock. He will be talking about the mystery of the incomprehensible love of the Eucharist. Wow. Yes, and you know Jimmy. Yep. He's going to fire you up by the time you leave. So uh, again, St. Peter's Catholic Church, seven o'clock on Monday. Uh, it's a one uh, it'll be the second part of three-part series all right folks 15 after it's wake up this is franciscan media's saint of the day for september 14th today we celebrate the exaltation of the holy cross this feast celebrates the finding of the cross on which jesus died in jesus's day a cross was a threat to anyone who defied rome's authority through jesus's death it became a symbol of victory In the 4th century, St. Helena, mother of the Roman Emperor Constantine, went to Jerusalem in search of the holy places of Christ's life. Among those was the Temple of Aphrodite, thought to be built over the tomb of Jesus. Constantine ordered the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre to be built on that site. During the process of excavation and construction, workers found three crosses. Legend has it, that the one on which Jesus died was identified when its touch healed a dying woman. That cross immediately became an object of veneration. Both Catholic and Orthodox churches in the East celebrate the exaltation of the Holy Cross today on the anniversary of the dedication of the Basilica. The feast entered the Western Church calendar in 629, after the cross was recovered from the Persians, who had carried it off 15 years earlier. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damon Clotto and David Dawson. Clara Gallagher is our first guest. She is a consecrated virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans and project manager of Flourishing Sisterhood. And today we are talking about the project whose purpose is to strengthen sisterhood in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Claire. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Gabby, and good morning, Damien and David. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, hey. Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Yes. Tell us a little bit about this project, Flourishing Sisterhood, which its purpose is to nourish communities in the Gulf South. Yes, I would love to. So just to give a little bit of context uh, with Loyola's Institute for Ministry, um, for over Mm -hmm. 50 years now, they've been, uh, we've been providing formation primarily for people who work in ministry, who are active in ministry or looking to be active in ministry. Um, And historically, many of those sisters have been, I mean, many of those students have been sisters. So we've received Mm -hmm. uh, four grants now from the Conrad Hilton Foundation specifically to support 
the spiritual and theological formation for um, religious sisters. And so this grant is really exciting because our past grants mostly have focused on providing spiritual formation for sisters in Africa. Um, but as you mentioned, Gabby, this one, Flourishing Sisterhood, is specifically for sisters in the Gulf South region. So New Orleans, of course, um, but then also many uh, surrounding dioceses in the Gulf Coast region. Um, and so it's all about flourishing and kind of mm-hmm. answering that question of what does it mean to flourish, um, but what does it mean yeah. to flourish at all stages of life? Um, and you know, I think while many sisters and their communities are, we know, as we know, in periods of change and transition, mm-hmm. uh, we especially as sisters in their congregations are aging, we do have a lot of very active sisters and congregations in our diocese and uh, in our region. And um, as Sister Beth Fitzpatrick, the former vicar for religious life, said in an interview about this project, you know, she said, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Um, and I think that's really what this project is about. You know, our sisters are, are such a gift. And in many ways, I think the backbone of the active mission of the church. Um, but they're mm-hmm. meant, as all humans are, to flourish at every stage of life. So their their lives, their spiritual wellness and vitality uh, shouldn't cease to flourish just because they're really busy serving in ministries and they don't cease to flourish or contribute to the church and their community or the world once they reach a certain age or their congregation reaches a certain size or they become ill mm-hmm. or have to retire from active ministry, you know. So we really hope to build yeah. upon that idea and to affirm, you know, yes, sisters are meant to flourish at every stage, and they, they are flourishing. Um, so to really amplify that, and then we hope that through our program, uh, we'll be able to, to help sisters by offering a greater sense and experience um, of flourishing. And I'd love to share some of the ways that that's already happening and then our plans for what's ahead as well. Claire, what was the idea behind Flourishing Sisterhood? Was there a need that you saw that needed to be fulfilled? So, so yes. I mean, it was that was before I actually came into this position. So I'm, I'm new in the position. I've just been working on the project for a couple of months now. Um, but it really was in collaboration with uh, the, uh, the Vicar's Office for Religious Life here in um, New Orleans and and Sister Beth Fitzpatrick was was really instrumental in helping to kind of come up with the foundation of of what this project um, should offer. And so, yes, I think there there was very obviously a need, and I think there were some sisters in the the New Orleans area who um, gave feedback on that as well. But there was mm-hmm. a need for a recognition of a need for you know um, we want to continue to encourage young people to respond to religious vocations. Um, but I think it's kind of that question of what are we inviting them into, you know? Um, and how are we, you know, we know our religious sisters are such a gift for the church, um, but they're mm-hmm. a gift that needs to be cared for. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I think it was really answering that question of what does it look like to flourish? Um, and I think in many ways we're, we're gonna we're gonna find the answer to that. We're gonna explore that within the project, um, and then how I can agree. how and can we as the church assist in that? You know, 
And this project supports the well-being of 60 sisters um, and strengthens mm-hmm. them in the Archdiocese of New Orleans through collaboration with the Vicar for Religious. So how does a group participate, and have you guys started? So that's a great question, because we're just getting ready to start uh, in the next week or so. So we have uh, almost 50 at this point, 50 sisters who are they're in back-to-school mode, so they're, they're gearing up to start their fall semester, so to speak. Um, and, uh, we have about, like I said, about 50 sisters who are, who are signed up to participate. And it's really incredible because they're from 20 different congregations and eight different dioceses. And this is all the way from Texas to Florida. So it's a really, really rich, diverse group. Um, and so the, how, how they're participating is through, uh, what Lim calls learning communities. So this summer, we actually trained six sisters to be group facilitators. So um, the groups are meeting mostly through Zoom um, because, you know, they're they're from all different dioceses and all different areas. So a lot of them are long distance, so to speak. Um, So we've trained six facilitators. And so it's really great because another aspect of the project is is giving sisters opportunity for leadership. And so we've trained, we've had, had workshops and trained six sisters to lead the groups and to actually facilitate the spiritual formation process and theological education process for their fellow sisters, um, which is great because it's great to have sisters facilitating the process for, for sisters, because yes. who, who knows better than the sisters themselves? Um, right. But also this, <laughs> exactly. this skill set and this leadership opportunity gives them a gift that they can also use in their ministries and their congregations and and uh and other areas of their vocation so claire we I hear think this is so important claire I, go ahead damien i was going to say we hear you know priests retire at a certain age but you never hear about sisters or nuns retiring at a certain age but i'm sure there is one and that's kind of what you're addressing here isn't it it is it is yeah and, and you know it, it there is a specific emphasis on um, aging and even the spirituality of aging will be something that will be explored in, in mm-hmm. one of the courses next year that the sisters will be um, taking. But yeah, you're right. Um, and many of our sisters, I mean, I think priests do this too, but many of our sisters, even when they retire, they they still continue to do ministry. You know, they find some other way yeah. to continue to be active in the church, even if that's through prayer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think when our sisters retire, they don't really retire. You know, they've they've committed their lives to Jesus and the church. But but yes, you're right. Yes. In many ways, that is what we're addressing. And it's beautiful, though, because we do have a, a good number of younger sisters who are participating in the project. So I think even for the younger sisters, it'll be a great opportunity because um, another great aspect of the project is giving sisters the chance to tell their stories. Um, both like that. within their learning communities, but also through, um, we'll be starting soon, uh, producing a podcast. And so for the younger sisters Great. to really have that opportunity to, to be in community with older sisters and, and hear their, their wisdom and their experiences and, and what they have to offer. Um, I think that's one of the ways that we can help sisters and, and the church and the community to understand, you know, that, that, Flourishing and wellness doesn't yeah. doesn't end at a certain point. Doesn't end with retirement, you know. 
Claire, I think this is a great opportunity for young women who are discerning and trying Mm. to find their vocation or calling in life to maybe think, okay, maybe I could be a part of this community Um, because we hear Mm. so much about different vocations that I think that we need to talk more about women religious or consecrated virgins, which is um, who you are. And actually that is a whole nother interview that we will have (laughs) later on with you that I'm excited to talk about is your vocational story. Um, So where can we go, Claire, to find out more information? And who are you calling to be a part of this? So you can, thank you so much for that, Gabby. By the way, I I agree um, wholeheartedly with what you said. Um, But you can go to our website, which is cnh.loino.edu slash limb. Um, You can also, the easiest way might be to just Google Loyola University or Loyola Institute for Ministry and Flourishing Sisterhood. I mean, if you type in Flourishing Sisterhood, you're pretty much going to find us. Um, And then you will. We're also (laughs) on social, yeah, Yeah. social media. Uh, We have Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, and Facebook. And same thing, if you search Loyola Institute for Ministry, um, you can find updates on the project as they come. And once the podcast starts to be produced, we'll definitely be um, sharing that on our social media and our website. So. Okay, wonderful. Clara Gallagher, Consecrated Virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans and Project Manager of Flourishing Sisterhood. Thank you so much, Claire, for being with us today. You can go to loino.edu for more information. And looking forward to speaking to you again, Claire. Thank you for being with us. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. Deacon Larry Oney joins us when we return from the break. We will be talking about the Charismatic Eucharistic Revival Conference. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Welcome back to Wake Up, 35 after the hour. With us now, Deacon Larry Oney, founder of Hope and Purpose Ministries. He's also a deacon at Divine Mercy Catholic Church in Kenner. And he's here to talk about the Charismatic Eucharistic Revival Conference. Yes, it's a mouthful, but it's also going to pack a heck of a punch. Good morning, Deacon Larry. Good morning, Damien. How are you this morning? Boy, I am wonderful. And uh, the only thing I miss right now is not being at Mass somewhere. But in the meantime, let's talk about the Eucharistic Revival Conference. You know, uh, what's going to be in store? You've got a powerful lineup, to say the least, the events from 8 to 3. And uh, it's going to be at Divine Mercy Parish, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. So, well, we've got uh, Jeanette Williams, who is uh, a longtime uh, host of her uh, the show on EWTN, Women of Grace. Jeanette's going to be one of the uh, keynote speakers. And we've got our friend Terry Quinn from Ireland, who's going to uh, already be in the country. He'll be here speaking to us. And, of course, Andy Oney, uh, my wife, uh, and uh, Father William Mumford, who's a new priest. He's uh, barely a year-old priest. Oh. Uh, and we have great music by John Tench. You, you know, Damien, you mentioned that that's a mouthful, but we're, the, we're in a moment that's a mouthful right now because we're in a moment of Eucharistic revival. We're in the second year, mm-hmm. and the USCCB, uh, 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 they've asked us to bring Eucharistic revival uh, uh, to the parish level, and so we're excited to have this conference at a parish. So I think it's a natural blend to bring forth 
uh, this moment for adoration and to adore the Lord and to process with the Lord and also to stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because we as a Catholic people, we eat the bread from heaven, we eat the Eucharist, the sources of our faith, and then we have to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So really, although it's a long title, it's, it's, it's a good gumbo. It really is. Oh, it really is. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see it's at the parish level, but I've talked to a number of parishioners from different church parishes in both the Archdiocese and in Baton Rouge. That's where I have a lot of my associates and, and friends that I talk sure. to. Some are, are getting it. What I mean by getting it, they're seeing the the uh, Eucharist being come to the forefront and and the revival taking place, and others are saying, "I'm I ain't seen anything." What can we do? Well, How do we do that as lay people to get get that back into the forefront? Because I don't agree with the statistics in South Louisiana anyway, Deacon Larry. And what I mean by that is. Only 30% yeah. believe that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. I think it's higher than that in South Louisiana. Well, it may be, of course, uh, and, and you may be right, uh, but we're in a, 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 a little bit of an aberration for the rest of the country, probably, because we have mm-hmm. lots of adoration chapels. I mean, much more than most places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think one of the things is the language that we use, because some people see um, the, the, the adoration or uh, looking at, uh, gaze upon the face of the Lord as a private thing. And it is private to the extent that we do that to be empowered and we eat the body, the blood, the soul divinity of Jesus Christ. But then most of us Catholics are not understanding clearly. So what after we eat, then what do we do? We have to go out in the power of the spirit. I agree with you. It's probably not 30%, only 30% that believe in our part of the world, but uh, nationwide, we may be. We're in a moment, though. Even though uh, that's a low point, it's it, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm always reminded of this scripture uh, thing in, uh, where Jesus is calling Peter and says, "But uh, the, the the most important part is that in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is, prevail against the church. It looks like the church is down, but the bottom line is, no matter what the enemy tries to do, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that's why we're gathering the people. We wanted to have a moment of uh, of bringing context to Eucharistic revival and also the power of the Holy Spirit, because this is the essence of the church, because the church can't do its work without empowerment. But we must first eat and be strengthened and then go, Eucharist and empowerment of the Spirit. Yeah, and, and that's and, what we're going to be doing on October fourteenth. Exactly, yeah. and and I love the fact that we're talking about it on t- today. It happened to be the feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, and Jesus gave His life for us, and we we need to be aware of that and 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 appreciate that when we go to Mass on uh, whether it's a weekly basis or a daily basis. Share with us, you know, a lot of times they hear the uh, our, our Catholics especially they hear the word charismatic. And they suddenly get a different viewpoint. Does charismatic Eucharistic revival conference change things with the word charismatic in the title? It, it, it really does not. And, you know, we put that intentionally because we want to have full disclosure. But if you are an adorer and you, and you like quiet and meditation, we're going to have a moment for that. We're going to have a moment for healing. We've trained uh, uh, healing teams to be that. This is just not anybody going to pray with you, but we've trained uh, uh, teams to pray because we know that people need healing. Because, Damien, we're in a moment right now, not only uh, in our state, but in the whole nation and really in the whole world. 
And I think uh, the USCCB was being prophetic and using the word revival. Mm-hmm. Now, that shakes some people, but the word charismatic, uh, the, the Catholic Catechism says in paragraph 203 that the church is a hierarchical and charismatic. That is, these gifts are extraordinary, but they're for the whole body of Christ. And the Holy Father's asked us to bring this idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, not a new water baptism, but a ba- the baptism, not the sacrament, not a new sacrament, but this idea of more fully opening ourselves to the Spirit that's already in us that we receive at uh, baptism and that's poured out again at confirmation to ask for a fresh outpouring because the pressures of life squeeze us, so we need to be refreshed. It's kind of like, well, you took a bath once, but no, I'm not going to take it again ever. No, we need a fresh outpouring. And that's what we offer with the renewal. So it, it'll be something for both. And I think this is the heart of the church to blend those two things together. Oh, we I, have what no other church in the world has. Eat the body, the blood, the soul, the divinity of Jesus Christ. Adore him, be strengthened, and go out in the power of the Spirit, just like the early church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're his beloved. And we need to share that Amen. love with him. Amen. And uh, so let's go over some of the details of the uh, of the conference, because it's October 14th. We got that date out, but we're going to continue to help promote that as we get closer to that here on Catholic Community Radio. But uh, what what needs to take place in order to register? Well, you need to go to hopeandpurpose.org. And again, Jeff, we don't have it. I mean, I'm sorry about that, Damien. I don't have any we don't have any agenda. We just want to gather the people back together because we hadn't had a regional gathering in a little bit, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to gather the people say, hey, uh, let's be strengthened. Let's build one another up in the Holy Spirit. We are so excited. You need to go to hopeandpurpose.org, register for the conference. There's a meal included. We've kept the price low. This is not a money-making deal for us. We're just trying to gather the people. We're going to have some great music. John Finch, you can Google him. John <laughs> is one of the young ministers, that, uh, music ministers that God is raising up. He has a great voice. He's a great musician. And we're going to have yes. full instrumentation, yes. and we're going to have a time to adore the Lord eucharistically and ask the Lord to be present with us. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a moment of healing, of praise, worship. It starts early in the morning because we want to have time. Uh, uh, the Mass is going to be right at 4 o'clock. It won't be a, an official part of the service, but if you come from 8 to 3, stop for lunch, uh, and lunch is part of the, the registration fee. Mm-hmm. You can flow right into the Mass there. We have a large church. Divine Mercy is a big church, so we can accommodate everyone at the 4 o'clock vigil Mass. So 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock, lunch is included. Register now. A lot of people wait because lots of things are going on. But register early mm-hmm. so we can make sure we prepare for lunch for you. This is not going to be an invasive deal, but we are going to wait just like they did in the upper room uh, for the promise of the Father. Because remember, Damien, in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus told the disciples, and all of us are disciples who are believers, he says, wait for the promise of the Father. John baptized with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in Luke it says, and fire. So we shouldn't be afraid of the fire. Mm-mm. of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just like we shouldn't be afraid to look in the face of the Lord Eucharistically. We can have both. It's not either or. The yeah, church is you. empowered by the Spirit, but is strengthened mm-hmm. by eating the body, the blood, the soul, the divinity of Jesus Christ. And therefore, revive us again, a charismatic Eucharistic revival conference. That's what we have in the, in the offering on October 14th from 8 o'clock to 3 p.m.
You got it. At, at Divine, the, Mercy, at Divine Mercy Parish in Kenner. Uh, that's on uh, right. Sal Lentini Parkway in Kenner, as a matter of fact. And that's again, right. we're going to ha- have all this information on our website at ccmedia.live. Deacon Larioni, thank you so much, as always, to be being with us. Yeah. You are a man of God, and we're so proud to have you as our guest. God bless you, brother. Thank you. All right. Take care. 45 after the hour. More coming your way on this Thursday morning. It's time to... Wake up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Well, I wanted to talk about the Lowe's and Fishes Soup Kitchen in Biloxi because this is a wonderful way to give back to the community. If you are over on the Gulf Coast region, and we have many listeners in the Biloxi Diocese, it was established by 18 churches with the state of Mississippi, the Secretary of State in Mississippi, and they began serving free meals by uh, two hungry people in 1983, and they have served over 2.5 million meals since that time and they currently wow. average nearly 60,000 meals a year so you kinda, can go to lowesbiloxi.com what they do yes. with their meal and soup kitchens uh, that they do but this is a different uh, uh, endeavor which is great and loaves and fishes soup kitchen huh that's right. Yeah. Yes, so. and they actually just moved to a new building not too long ago. It was actually in the spring, so they have a new setup, and they are ready to serve. And there are ways that you can volunteer and be a part of the Loaves and Fishes Soup Kitchen and give back to the community over in the Biloxi area. So definitely check them out at Loaves Biloxi dot com. I wanted to give that website out, but a wonderful way to give back and uh, to reach to those people who need it the most. Mm -hmm. So, Damien, I wanted to circle back because we were talking to Deacon Oni, and you can actually find the Charismatic Conference, the Eucharistic Revival with Deacon Oni and Andy and so many other wonderful speakers at our website at ccmedia.live. It is there right now, so you can take a look. But a poll finds that half of Catholics, likely voters, believe in the real presence. Um, You know... This is always so shocking to me because this is the source and summit of our faith. Um, And this is what makes us unique out of every religion in the entire world. Um, And this is something that I'm glad that the Eucharistic Revival is focusing on, is to show people what the Eucharist really is, um, why we should open that relationship with God and find him in the presence in the Eucharist, in the celebration of the Mass. Um, And so many churches are doing this. Uh, They're doing little displays on Eucharistic miracles or having hours of adoration and benediction before or after Mass or randomly throughout the week at different times. So there are wonderful ways that parishes are getting involved. But this is quite an interesting poll that I found. Yeah, well, and and I'm glad it's coming to the forefront. The bishops uh, Mm -hmm. saw that this was an issue in the United States in particular, and that's the reason why they created the Eucharistic Revival. Uh, They did processions at a lot of church parishes uh, in dioceses throughout the country. There, in fact, will have a uh, Eucharistic procession. St- and for our part of the country, there's going to be four starting points, but the one that will be passing through the um, southern part of the United States will actually begin in Brownsville 
you know, and on the coast in Florida. So it's uh, that's going to be uh, coming up and starting very soon. Also, you're, you're seeing a lot of talks and discussions about the Eucharist. That is the focal point, mm-hmm. which which needs to be done uh, as part of the second phase of the Eucharistic revival. And, of course, the third phase is going to be the Eucharistic Congress, which is going to take place yeah. next year in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, in June. And you could register for that. You can go online and uh, look for it, uh, eucharisticrevival.org, if you would like to maybe get tickets and attend. They're anticipating 80,000 Catholics showing up, maybe 100,000, could be 500,000 before it's all over with. I don't know where they're going to put them all, but that's okay. It's great to be a part and to show your love for Jesus Christ in that way. Absolutely. And to be a part of the Eucharistic revival in some way, if you have never stepped foot in the Adoration Chapel, find one that is close to you and spend five minutes, 10 minutes sitting in silence. We talked about this with Dina yesterday, asking God, hey, you know, I'm really struggling right now. Or maybe you're starting that relationship with Jesus and saying, show me how to do this because I don't know. Show me how to pray. Show me how to love you, how to fall in love with the Eucharist um, and how to have that connection with you. Because you know this, Damien, the world is a little crazy right now. (laughs) It's kind of always been crazy, but I feel like now it has been with social media, 24-hour news cycle, and just the bombardment of access to the world and on our fingertips or in our fingertips. Um, So it can be a little overwhelming. And turning to our Lord in the Eucharist, through Eucharistic devotion, and any sort of participation in the revival, I think can make a life-changing impact on not only our mental health, but our soul as well. Well, you know, as I contemplate hearing the Eucharistic revival over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. the thought struck me, you know, the Eucharistic revival takes place daily at Mass. When you think about it, that is the Eucharistic revival. And if you want to be a part of it, just go to Mass. What's interesting is the fact that there was a recent survey done and a report that women are attending Mass more than men, though I think there is a resurgence on the male side of things. But 43% of women attend Mass, where 35% of the Catholic men uh, attend Mass. And those over the age of 65, well, 49% of those 65 and older are going to Mass on a weekly basis. I don't know if it's because they're going to have they're getting closer to the come to Jesus moment or what, but the number is higher. It's almost 50-50, which I find is interesting. And uh, Catholics under the age of 30, only 30 percent are going to mass. So we've we've got to instill the beauty of the Eucharist some different way for our younger people. Uh, yeah, whether they're going to catechism uh, or they're going to Catholic schools, it's not sticking, at least not right away with them for those under the age of 30. How about you? You're, you're not far from that age. Do you, uh, do, what, are, what are you, some of your younger friends, uh, are they going to church on a regular basis? I know we, we hang in the circles, so most of our friends that we associate with probably do go to church. But, but outside that circle, do, what are you seeing? So, well, my circle of friends, I am the only Catholic that is a practicing active Catholic. So I can't speak on my friends on their journey, even though we all went to Catholic school together. um, I am the only currently practicing Catholic. But the thing that did it for me was going to a Steubenville conference in high school. 
And being in the Cajun Dome and seeing the procession of the monstrance around the Cajun Dome, it was absolutely beautiful. And I never really experienced that, but that did it for me and I'll never forget it. And you hear people around you getting really emotional when they're face to face with Jesus because it is in that moment where they realize what's happening. Um, But that's what did it for me. I love attending Mass. It's one of my favorite things I look forward to, especially on Sundays um, and and bringing my family and being a part of that. Um, But Damien, even when you said that come to Jesus moment or meeting Jesus face to face, that could happen to us at any moment in time. So having that relationship with Jesus before it's too late, um, I think is is truly important. But even starting today after you hear us speak, saying, I'm open, show me how to do this. Um, or how can we make our relationship better? Or even having that conversation with him throughout the day can be really beneficial. Um, and it can bring so much peace in your life. Um, so yeah, that's kind yeah. of my answer to you, I guess. Um, but I think that the, the, the increase in men attending mass, I honestly credit that to the various men's conferences and summits yes. that I'm seeing more and more throughout the year. And the, the Acts Retreat. That, that movement is yeah. phenomenal in church parishes for both men and women. But the Acts Retreat are getting men to understand the beauty of their faith and the importance yes. of attending mass on a weekly basis. Uh, by the way, married Catholics, 44% say they attend Mass on a weekly basis. Not bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which was 64% at least, but we're going to get it wow. there. Yes. What we do here on the radio, we, we hopefully bring that message of Christ to others. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Your word in the gospel reveals to me the beauty of the mystery of the cross. I open myself up to you with a believing heart, dear Lord. Your love for humanity is so present in what you say. We ask that you continue to share your love and grace upon us, and may we do the same in return. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.